Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Back once again, Bread and Circus Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? I'm good. It's been a while. It has. There's there's so much to talk about that we're not gonna get to like a tenth of it. Alright, well I guess we're done then. We're done. <laughs> uh yeah, we've been busy with uh well, my kids have crazy schedules that I've been sucked up into and you've been lazy. You've been being crow. Just lazy. Well, you've had to work a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> Pull a lot of overtime. A little, little OT. Because you turn into one of those get-off-my-lawn guys. You're like, no one at work wants to work. Well, nobody does want to work. <laughs> you hire young people, and then they call in the very next day sick. The, f- the first day, they call in sick. That just happened. And then you hire an old person, and they're too fucking old <laughs> to do the job. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if you could have like a, uh, a call-in sick translator that they say, I called in sick, but on your phone, a text across is like, I'm hungover because I drank too much. Oh, I always, when I call in sick, I go, hey, hi, I'm feeling real sick today. I'm not going to be able to make it in. So uh, maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. You know, I'm like super chipper. <laughs> I don't try to sound sick. Like, hey, man, uh, how's it going? Oh, shit. Oh, oh, God, I feel so bad this morning. I don't do that. Uh, I hate to tell you, but I really can't come into work today. Yeah. Ooh, just I feeling mean, a bit under the weather. Just <laughs> horrible, horrible things going on with my Well, with, you have a fantastic ears. day. <laughs> With me not there to do some of the work. <laughs> you might as well. We don't believe anyway you do that. Oh, so sick. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you want to start with? Oh, you're asking me. I yeah. thought you had a list of things. Oh, well, I, I we, mean. I do want to talk about um, there was the New York City shop bodega owner that defended himself as oh a criminal. God. And yeah. then they filed charges against him. You know, the best part about this whole thing is it was on video. And then they came up with a second video angle from the other side that actually had audio. And there's just – there's no way they can charge this guy with killing the guy. Yeah. It's a second-degree murder. Yeah. So the, the – And they put a – they try to put a $500,000 bail on him. Dropped down to 250000 Oh, how kind. And then well, he was out – he got out on bond or whatever, you know, bail bondsman he got out. But um, they're not dropping the charges. Even after all the evidence shows that this piece of shit – career criminal, you know, was going to cause great bodily harm to him. So for those who haven't heard the story real briefly, um, a bodega is a little sort of corner store in New York City. Yeah, we don't. If you're from the Midwest, you probably know bodegas by now. Yeah. I guess because you've heard about it, but we don't have bodegas here as far as I know. They're, they're little, little tiny areas. neighborhood grocery stores. Yeah. They're like, uh, like not even full-blown convenience stores. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have like all the things that you want. They just have a little thing. So this sixty-one-year-old uh, uh, Hispanic shopkeeper, or no, he's just working there. He's in there, and this woman comes in, and I, I can't remember. I've heard a couple different versions. She had an EBT card or a credit card, and it wouldn't take it. And she had her ten-year-old son there with her, and this the uh, shopkeeper said, "Hey, you can't have those chips that she was buying because the card didn't go through." So she pulls a knife on the guy. 
and apparently in later versions of the thing had actually stabbed him, like stabbed his hand or something well, like that. They're, and they're talking about the, it's there's discrepancies of when he got stabbed. Yeah. It might've been while he was tussling with and the uh, cr- criminal. And it might've been after too, cause she came back or something like that. But yeah. regardless, um, the part no one disagrees on is that she left with the chips, I think. Um, oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Came back with I, her. I heard that he yanked the chips out of the child's hand. I heard that he tried to. Okay. Regardless, she left. His name's Jose Alba, by the way. Got a hold 61. of yeah. Got a hold of her boyfriend, who's a thirty-seven-year-old career criminal, Austin Simmons, thirty-five, who is out for beating up a cop recently. Yeah, assault on a police officer. So he comes in there, walks behind the counter. Again, this is all on camera. Gets in this guy's face, and on the video from the second camera, the guy's like saying, "Hey, Poppy, no, don't want any problems. You know, nothing." The guy's not. He's looking away from him. He's like being very. He's being very the passive. Is that yeah, what you're about? the yeah. attendant. And the other guy's just over the top of him in yeah. his face. So the attendant gets up and tries to walk out from behind the counter. And the guy basically cuts in front of him, pushes him, shoves him down. Shoves him down. Well, the attendant pulls out a knife. They fight. The guy gets stabbed in the throat a couple times and he dies. The um, guy assaulting him. So uh, the I can't remember the name of the district attorney in New York black guy he's very progressive yeah but he even he's taken the side of the of the bodega no he's not or he did initially he's the one nope he's the no? one pressing the charges full um, blown i must be i must have seen the wrong eric adams the black the mayor former cop mayor the mayor is it was like hey side, right? wait a second yeah. here he goes it any reasonable person can see this guy was defending himself yeah. Yeah. and they can say well the black guy didn't have a knife well the other guy is half his age yeah and this pudgy he, 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 had, he had absolute uh, – if, if you're in fear of great bodily harm, that's all it takes to defend yourself. Yeah. And the guy had opportunity. He had motive, opportunity, and what's the other – there's another stipulation. I like just basically the ability to do it. Yeah, and he had him cornered. The guy yeah. couldn't get away. And when the guy tried to leave, he stopped him from leaving. Yeah. So, But no charges on the, uh, on the girlfriend who pulled a knife in the store. No charges whatsoever. Nothing. So now these bodega, their little uh, owner support group or whatever, their little, I don't call it a union because they're private business people and they don't have a union, but they're basically yeah, saying. Yeah, there's like a bodega union, or not union, but bodega yeah. group. But they're basically saying, hey, this guy needs to go free. And I mean, this is insane. It, and So Elba, the 61-year-old, told police that Simon, the, the uh, criminal, uh, quote, wanted me to come apologize to the girl. And then the video shows uh, uh, Simon shoving Elba into a wall inside the bodega. As the two fought, Elba grabbed a knife and stabbed Simon in the neck and chest at least five times, according to the complaint. Simon fell to the ground face down and bleeding and said, uh, Elba says, I took the knife we used to open boxes and I stabbed him. So it's not like he had a, you know, it was like enticing the guy and was ready to stab him, you know, ready to kill him. He had what was at hand to defend himself. And it sounds like he didn't even have it on him. Like he didn't. He didn't wear it or something. Yeah, and they're not saying when he got cut. I think he got cut while he was in the confrontation with well, Simon. Well, would, you would think so, but... Uh, here, here it says, The police who reviewed security footage of the scene said in the complaint that Simon's girlfriend tried to pull Elba off Simon and held the defendant's right arm, but the defendant continued to stab him. She then took out a knife from her purse and stabbed Elba in the arm, the complaint says. Uh, he was pronounced dead at 11.50 p.m., two miles away at Harlem Hospital. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I talk to my kids about this all the time. So we were at uh, we were at after one of these baseball games we're going to. We're stopping to get dinner, 
and this guy had parked sort of crooked and taken up a couple of spots in a busy lot. And my older son is just going, what the hell is going on with this? And there's people outside the stores. It's like a strip mall standing there, you know. And I'm like, hey, shut up. Yeah. And he goes, what? And I said, what if one of these people is the person driving that car? He goes, so? I said, what if they're in a bad mood? What if they don't care for you? What if they're looking for trouble? I said, somebody parked crooked, move on. You know, it can bother you, but you don't right. have to announce it to the world. Right. Uh, you have to understand, and you understand this when you take a concealed carry course, that you have to not escalate situations. You have to not start a, a, a situation that can end in violence. And you have to just let a lot of shit go. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good example today, I went to a uh, auto zone to get a battery. Stabbed a guy? I mean, I wanted to. <laughs> but I, I walked in there and I'm waiting uh, I'm waiting to get checked out. And it's Ghettoville. So it's degenerates running the place, degenerates going in there. And, and then me, you know, a paragon of virtue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's a guy talking to another guy. And he's talking about how he avoided a six-year prison term, but he's going to bounce. He's going to go down and live in Phoenix to, to just because he's got other stuff that's coming up. And, uh, you know, he doesn't give a care in the world. And he's uh, in between telling this other dude um, his his legal woes. Uh, he's, like, reciting rap lyrics just randomly. You know, like, nigga, 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 that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, blatantly. And... Uh, Finally, the guy he's talking to leaves because he wasn't there for any particular reason. I don't know why he wandered in the store, but um, they didn't come together. So the guy that was, uh, he was exchanging a battery. He had, uh, it was a just an odd situation, but I'm not going to get into it. But the whole time he's standing there and he's just being an asshole. He's talking shit to the girl behind the counter, like just randomly saying stupid shit to her that she doesn't know how to respond to. Half of it's like, kind of hitting on her and half is just being an asshole and trying to get a response. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is when she's turns her back or does whatever, he's looking around the store, reciting rap lyrics and saying stupid shit. And then he looks at me. I've, I've got sunglasses on. And he looks at me. He says some blurts out some nigga this nigga that rap. And then kind of, I don't respond. I don't, I don't, I, I keep the sneer off my face mm-hmm. because that's, Can you? it's hard. I have to realize I'm doing it. But I, I kept a sneer off my face, and I just, you know, stared at him. I mean, Cause, I because you have serious RCF, I resting do. crow face. I do. You do. Um, but I wanted to say, dude, shut the fuck up. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And when he looked at me, like he, you could tell he wanted a reaction from the only white guy in the store. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see what my reaction would be, and I didn't give him anything. I just kind of like, I don't give a shit. That kind of a look, like just when it's done, it's done. When you're when you're through, I'm gonna be up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. Um, and I carry, I'm a concealed carry, you know, I've been, I've been concealed carrying for 20 years now and I've never had to pull my gun on anybody, but I've never three of it legally. Yeah. (laughs) But if this guy would have said something to me, I would have responded in as non committal, non attitude way as possible, even though I'd want to, I don't want to go, you fucking talk to me, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But I wouldn't. Cause it's not a movie. Right. And I'm armed. And if anybody construes that, especially if you've got a hostile environment of people around you that don't like you for a particular reason, mm-hmm. uh, a hue or a tone, 
um, <laughs> you're you're going to be portrayed as the guy who escalated, who started it, and initiated, and you're going to get you're going to get thrown in prison. So this was got, the white so guy you, going into the black business, just gonna, looking for gonna, trouble. You're going to feel like a pussy the first few times you do this, and then you're going to realize that it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now, if a guy, if you're with your woman and a guy, you know, comes up and says, oh, shit, baby, ooh, and you're still going to be like, okay, did that hurt her? Did it harm her in some way? You know, is it disrespectful? Sure, you just laugh it off. But if he gets up and gets aggressive, that's when you can start saying, hey, no, we're not having this. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think people, they see too many movies where there's tough guys and stuff. And I remember reading one of those, um, uh, I love the Reacher books. You know, the Lee Child, Jack Reacher books. And there was one of the books where this guy gets just some random dude gets beat up in the first three minutes of it because it says, yeah, he went to spin class and he lifted and he was in great shape. Didn't have us didn't have an idea how to fight. And so three out of shape guys jump him, kick the shit out of him and throw him in a trunk, you know, because it didn't matter. How strong he was or anything like that. He didn't know how three to guys. didn't know how to handle Even himself. You know how to handle yourself. I guess three guys is tough. And he started it. Three guys were like dinking around by a car and he walks over and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? It's like, no, just move on. Yeah. You know? Unless you see them taking like, you know, fertilizer and uh, you know, stuff like that. Or out if of they're it like and, beating on an elderly person, then you better or a, or a kid or something, then maybe you better maybe shoo them away. The only thing I'd say on that is how old is the elderly person? Does yeah. the kid have it coming? Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen a few kids. Well, I mean, there's yeah. another example in, uh, uh, I can't remember what city this was in, just happened where uh, I think a 70-something-year-old man was killed by teenagers, two 14-year-olds, a girl and a boy, and a 10-year-old. They used a traffic cone to beat him to death. Yeah. Uh, it was us. They were all black. The The victim was black, and they were black. So you're not going to hear much about it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if it, you imagine if it was a group of 14- and 10-year-old white kids beating a black man to death. Holy shit hear no end of it what seriously when have you ever heard a story like that i hear it all the time i'm what white kids beating three people? white kids beating up an old black kid you never an did. old black guy you never did but yeah. the other way around you do a lot other than uh did you hear about the nascar driver that got stabbed to death in california i heard the story it was at a gas station or yeah, something it was like at that? a gas station and he got stabbed to death turns out it was a homeless guy uh white dude yeah with a bunch of fucking shit tattoos on his face and neck yeah. And he ended up getting killed by the police after they cornered him or something. But um, I'm, not, we're not, you know, I'm not saying crime is just uh, one race or whatever, but uh, like you were saying, you don't hear stories like of the BART system where that's the train system. Uh, so not subway, but a uh, light rail in yeah. San, Francisco, San Francisco and where Oakland. every crime that was committed there was a group of black youths, quote unquote, um, you know, beating up or robbing people. And it got it was so bad that the video was so bad that they actually banned the video from being shown on the news. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know. Well, I mean, crime is really a cultural thing. Like this, and this yeah. guy who stabbed the race car driver, um, who's 37 years old or something, this other guy. I mean, you see his picture, and you're like, that guy looks like trouble. Yeah, but that's the problem with letting these, these degenerates, these... Um, uh, drug addicts and mental degenerates um, just wander around. I mean, eventually something like that will happen. Well, the other question, too, was, and I don't know anything about the story other than I heard he was stabbed to death and the cops got the guy later, but was was this guy acting, was he tweaking out at a gas station and this driver decided to say something to him? You know, did he pop off to him like we we're talking about? 
Or it was it the guy just walked up and said, "Give me some money," and he didn't stab. Yeah, or if the, I mean, I can imagine if I'm pumping gas and some guy's walking aggressively at me, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him, "Hey, back the fuck off." You know, so it's like one of those situations where like you can't turn tail and and be like, "Oh, I'm slide into your car and whatever." You have to deal with it aggressively. Well, wasn't there one too about someone was? Uh, it was recently the someone doing the windshield, you know, where they come up and they'll, your car, you stop your car at a stoplight and they'll come up and they. <laughs> I just had that happen. Yeah, but there was some story about it that someone got killed in an incident like okay, that. Okay, well, I just had that happen last week and I haven't had that happen in years, like like I, like 20 years. Like I, I hadn't seen anybody come up with a spray bottle on the little squeegee and I was, I was in Shitsville again, which I'm generally in a lot now. And I'm stopped at a light, and this fucker comes up with his little spray bottle and squeegee. You see it in his hand, and you're like, no, no, no. So you wave him off. Like, you're like, no, you put your hand up, you wave him off. You're like, nope, shake your head. Comes up anyway, starts spraying the fucking windshield. And I, I had the windows up, and I crack it. I go, get the fuck away from my car. <laughs> and then he finally gets the hand, goes to the next car over, which is like a little white kid, like a college-age kid with his little uh, Apple iPods in. And he does the same thing I did. He's like, shakes his head and puts his hand up. No. And the guy just sprays the fuck out of his windshield. And the, the kid just sits there and like stares straight ahead. Like, oh no. He had his window down. And then the guy goes on the back. The, the light was like an ungodly length of time. Mm-hmm. So he just, the guy is all over his car, just smearing shit all over his windshield and his back window. And then he comes back and the light turns green. And I wasn't able to hear if like he was able to get money out of the kid. But I assume he probably did. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I, at first, you're like, you just got to be dismissive and shake your head and go, no. And then they're more aggressive, and then you get more aggressive. But then if that escalates, then what? Yeah. And how do you know they don't have somebody nearby waiting for it to escalate, yeah. too? So. Yeah. Or somebody videotaping, and then you hit the gas, and you clip his knee or something. Yeah. Then you're, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. So that's why you don't elect Democrats. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. That's what we've been getting to with all this. You know, it is funny to me. I I really have a hard time with, especially now that Joe Biden is such a shit show. I mean, it's obvious. Um, and one of the stories I want to get to is about him reading the very end of the teleprompter that he's not supposed to read. Um, but he he is such a train wreck that Democrats are saying, yeah, we really hope he doesn't run. But the interesting part of this is, you know, he got stopped and somebody said, what do you think about? You know, 60 per, 67% of Democrats say they don't want you to run again. And he goes, check your facts, Jack. You know, he gets real confrontational with the which with the uh, reporter, which, you know, uh, when Trump did was a bad thing. You can't do that. Yeah. And he says, 92% of them say they'd vote for me. And you know what? He's not wrong. Because the survey that they're quoting, if I'm right in remembering this, was – 67% of Democrats, and it's even closer to like 70% now, don't want him to run again. But if he ran, most of them would still vote for him. I'm like, I, you, you can't help people like that. No. You they're, at they're, some point have to look at this objectively and say, he is awful. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, this has got to stop. There, there's a certain amount of people that are just going to be sheep. They're going to be useful idiots. And that you just have to expect that. But the the amount of it now, the amount that you see are like that, it's it's like with the COVID stuff, you know, that, that they're still walking around wearing their masks and still, um, you know, hyperventilating about the next strain of COVID. Um, you can't help these people at this point. 
You know what, though? Wear your mask. I don't care. It's like putting your Bernie Sanders, you know, 2020 sticker on your car. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it, I'll sneer at you inside and think you're ridiculous. But, I mean, every time I see somebody with the paper mask on, my brain goes, they don't work. You know, but I'm not going to say anything to them. It's when those people get belligerent with me and say, like, you should be wearing a mask. Yeah. And you're not seeing much of that anymore. No, you you aren't seeing anybody with that. But it wouldn't take much for that to happen again. But. But those people, I think, honestly know that it's not working. I believe that they think, other than some cases, just, I saw a really elderly couple walking out of a McDonald's yeah. with, with masks yeah, on. I think the I elderly people can be scared into thinking it's going to help, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, unless you're wearing an N95. Well, I, mean, I, I had a guy that uh, came to work at my job, and I was training him in, and he ultimately got trained in for a few days but decided to quit because he heard that the um, virus is – a new mutation is coming out that's more uh he he put it he said it's uh, it catches easier i go so it's more communicable right because yeah and uh you know i i don't know if i want to i go yeah no i i get it you know he's 76 years old yeah. i'm like you know you're concerned for your health i get it um i go but uh it's you're not going to avoid it you're not going to avoid getting it unless you totally isolate yourself well and the problem i would have with that from your perspective, is this guy wasted two days of your time training for a job that ultimately he didn't want. And I guarantee you that that is not the reason he quit. There was probably multiple reasons. Yeah, but, but that the, was just the, the one he used. The job seemed to be a little bit harder than he could handle. But um, the fact that he said, as an elderly man saying he's concerned about the health ramifications because he's on blood thinners or whatever, and this new variation it causes blood clots or something. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna keep fear-mongering people. And they're going to tell especially elderly people and, and whatever. They're going to keep fear-mongering because Democrats want the voting to be uh, not in person because that's right. the easiest way to cheat. That's the easiest way to, to you know tip the scale to, to allow them to eke out a win. So they're going to keep doing that. And people are going to fall for it because they listen to mainstream media, which is the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. Well, I to a small degree, I don't have a problem with – People voting um, remotely. I think you should show up. I hate this stuff like, well, I can't get off work. Bullshit. Yes, you can. You, They have to give you time off work to vote. They have to. You know, you can literally walk into your employer and say, I can't work today. I need to vote. And they'll give you a time to do it. And if they don't, call your, your uh, Department of State for your particular state. And yeah, yeah. it's no problem. That's just like when they say, well, if you've had COVID, they can't give you the vaccine. They'll stick a vaccine in you for no fucking reason. But anymore. the fact that they can let you can do early voting with no reason. What I have a big problem with is, well, the early voting sucks because you can start getting some returns read that way. The problem I have is when they send these things out to likely voters. So people, and I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it does happen. You can't deny it. People who haven't lived somewhere for 10 years are getting mailings saying, hey, here, yeah, fill this ballot out. And they get one at their home, too. And, you know, you you see that and you say, well, somebody's got to know sort of their party affiliation, you know, to be yeah. sending these things out. And we just can't do it. These drop boxes, that's well, going to go away. Wisconsin Supreme Court just said that the drop boxes are illegal. Yeah, I think the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did, too. And, and But what's funny about that is that's – this is what the Democrats do. This is what the leftists do. They 
they know what they're doing is going to ultimately be considered illegal under the Constitution. They don't care because by the time it gets to the to the court to decide, it's all said and done, and they got what they wanted. And then when the court says, "Well, you shouldn't have been shouldn't have done that," there's nothing, not even a slap on the wrist. It goes, "Well, we can't, you know, punish anybody for for even though they can punish people for for doing illegal activities, which is what that ultimately is." But they go, "Okay, now we've." We've really kind of got it buckled down. You really, really can't do that. We've got very secure language saying you can't do that. So in the future, you can't do that. And they go, all right, cool. I'll just do something like tangential to that. And it'll still be illegal, but it won't have, you know, it's going to have to go through the court system again. It's going to take three, four fucking years to, to figure it out. In the meantime, we'll have got what we wanted out of it. Well, let me make the argument that I don't necessarily think it's that bad when Democrats get what they want. Because they got Are the president they to want. Give me a, a no, they got the president they want, which is leading to a considerable amount of pain for people. But what's that? What's going to happen because of that? They're going to lose power for a while. This happened with Carter when they got the president they want. But here's the other important thing: when they got the uh, the system they wanted for putting justices on the court, what happened to them? They said, they said, nope, we're not going to have the 60-vote minimum. It's just Harry Reid put it through, and he said, it's simply going to be 51 votes. And Mitch McConnell said, you're going to rue the day that happened to you or that you did that. They were like, nope. And Harry, Harry Reid in his real smug tone was like, eh, well, you know, so what? Well, that's how they got – sure, that's how they got Sotomayor in. But it's also how they lost uh, and got Gorsuch and they got Kavanaugh. And they got Amy Coney Barrett. And they did it to themselves. Well, I get what you're saying. And I get that, you know, ultimately it shows it shows them for what they are. Hypocrites. They don't care that they're hypocrites, by the way. They all know they are. They don't care. Well, but. Um, but. And I, I see what you're saying, that the public will finally kind of kind of see what's going on and the pendulum will sing. But there's there's the problem is with someone like Biden in, in charge that that he's enabled like. He's enabling Russia. He's enabling China. He's like, it's, it's, it's so bad for us that, I mean, I could foresee, like, I could foresee us putting boots on the ground in, in, um, uh, what's the, uh, Ukraine, Ukraine. I could see us doing that. I, I can don't see know. because I just, of that, because I don't think of what he's doing. I don't think they're going to go for it. No, I don't think they are. They're, nobody's going to want to go for it, but they're going to be so backed in the corner that they're going to feel like they have to. And then. You know, who's to say that Russia and China won't go, yeah, you know what? We did the math. We launch all our nukes. We're going to win this war. Yeah, but they... But... It, I know. I know what you're saying. get to that point, and I don't ever want to get close to that point. No, I understand what you're saying, but... Um, and I, I get what you mean, but at the same time, I also think, you know, we talk about this all the time, that hard men make easy times, easy times make soft men, soft men make hard times, hard times make... Yeah. E we have to have times... When we struggle. Yeah. We have to. We need to, yeah. There is no growth without struggle. I don't think it should – we should have to struggle this hard and then it should be this bad. But we've got people and I – the progressives. And I don't think they know it. I think they think they love America and they just – it should be a little different. I don't think they understand they really do hate this country. Well, if They you, hate I, the things it yeah, stands for. If you ask them – do, do they admire uh, founding fathers? They'll say no. Right. But if they really hated this country, honestly, they would leave if they hated it. They just think it's close, but you know what? We we can make it better. And by making it better, they make it worse. 
and they they hate the founding principles of you know whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. Uh, leave me the fuck alone. I just want to live my life. I just posted a thing on the Red and Circus's Facebook page today that said, um, "We live in a time." I got it from one of our listeners. We live in a time where stupid people or where smart people stay quiet so that stupid people won't be offended. You yeah. know. And I, I've talked about this before, but I've been doubling down on it. I have changed my point of view on all that stuff. I don't – and this is going to sound weird based on what we were saying earlier about, you know, sometimes you just shut up and move on. Um, and these are different cases. When it comes to political stuff, you know, the left is always fine with just stating their political beliefs and going, you know what? And it's this whole Roe v. Wade thing yeah. now. They're like, oh, this is terrible and blah, blah, blah. And usually I think people on the right, because we want to just mind our own business – Go, you know what? I'm just moving on. And I've started saying to people stuff like, what if it's a person? What if it is? Because they absolutely cannot refute that argument. They can't. They never try. They just go, well, it's my body, my choice. And you're going, what if it's a person? And they go, well, it's, it's not. It's not. Like, do you want to believe that? Or, you know, they, they don't want to go there. Because even to them, it's a horrible idea. Well, you know. but then you have uh, another example of something I saw after the decision of Roe versus Wade was struck down. Um, I was at the grocery store and came up to the car, and the car that parked next to me had a big sign in, in the back of their window on the sides that said, abortion is health care. Mm-hmm. And just bold as could be. Now, I wouldn't put abortion as murder in my car windows, although it is, mm-hmm. um, because I know these deranged leftists will attack my car, pop my tires, key it, whatever, break the windows. They will. Mm-hmm. We know that, so we won't do that. But they know they can get away with that because even in red states or even in red areas, they're not going to get their car key. They're not going to get their tires punctured or windows uh, taken out. And that's that's the difference. It's like we have to make them uncomfortable, I think. We have to well, make them f- fearful of us, I think. What I'm point. talking about is is not necessarily like in the street with random strangers you run into. But yeah, I'm not going to when your car up When your place is with people and, you know, people you – But if I saw that person – and they, you know, uh, I don't know, if they came walking out their car, I might say something. I might say, I think you misspelled murder. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I would say that and then probably get into it with them. Yeah. I just mean there there are a lot of, I hate to use this phrase, safe spaces for a lot of people that you know, like they're friends of yours and you know they're on the other side of the political spectrum, but they just start spouting this shit like, can you believe what they did? And they're having this conversation and they think – they either think you're on their side because you don't talk about politics with them a lot or they're just – they cannot conceive of someone else thinking that. Yeah. And I, I hear this all the time when people say, I just don't know how someone can think, you know, insert opposite of my opinion is even possible. I don't understand how a smart person can think that. I understand that. I think smart people can disagree all the time. I think there are plenty of very intelligent people who will disagree with me on lots of things. You know, I'm not going to say just because they are, they're stupid. Sometimes they're stupid, um, but not all the time. And But so you run into situations like that. And in the past, people have said things like, well, you know, insert opinion uh, opposite of mine. And you just go, I'm just not getting into it. Yeah. And I've started saying, yeah, well, I think you're wrong. There are certain things where you do have And to they just it. go, what, what do you mean? And you hit them with the facts, you know, and I've told I had a good friend of ours um, had an abortion debate with, uh, first of all, a gay guy. So I'm like, you don't get to talk on this. And he go, 
He goes, why not? And I said, well, I'm not supposed to, and I'm a heterosexual guy. I said, you're twice as exclusive on this topic. And uh, he said, well, you know, I'm just supporting women and blah, blah, blah. And I said, so you're okay. And I, I'm not going to do it here, but I described the procedure of an abortion to him. I said, you know, and in, in your mind, you're saying, well, they can't feel it. You don't know that. Scientifically, there's a good argument that they can feel it. And I said, so how do you square that? He said, well, I need a few moments to, or I need a little bit of time to have a cogent art counter argument, which is I'm tapping out on this one. Well, it never got back to me. And if you didn't have that argument ready to go in your pocket, ready to go, then you shouldn't have such a strong fucking opinion in the first place. Right. And I will fully admit when people say to me, um, and this is one of those topics we should get into, they say, what about rape and incest? And I, I put my hands up and I say, that one's tough. I got a hard time with that. You know, it is tough, but I have an ultimate opinion on it. I know. I've Everybody, come to an opinion. If I'm going to spout my opinion, I've come to a decision on that. Right. And that is one where I say that's where it gets real gray for me and I get real uncomfortable. But life is full of hard decisions, you know. Yeah. But I also point out that is less than like one-tenth of one percent of those situations. So let's not – I'm going to say I'll throw pull, out the baby with the bathwater. I'll pull out examples of, of children that were conceived through rape and – they grow up and they talk about how they're very blessed to have been given the opportunity to live their yeah, life. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And then the other side, you can say, you're going to make that woman carry that rapist that's baby. Horrible. I know. It's tough. So I don't have a good I argument. Discount for that. that, that's for sure. So anyway, I've just, I've started saying, you know, I'm not, I don't really have a problem with stating my opinion boldly if you're going to state yours boldly. I've never had that problem in general, but for the most part, in situations where I don't know a person real well or it's just not a comfortable situation to get into that, I'm just like, I'm just going to let this go. Yeah. And I've stopped doing Abortion that. is one of those topics where it's not going to come up in every conversation or sack. Are you sure? Because it does all the time now. Well, the one that comes up now here, especially living in Minneapolis, is the trans bullshit. Because oh Minneapolis God. is getting just like San Francisco and wherever else in Portland, all that. We're getting to see more and more trans people. And in our in our personal lives and, and just going out to a bar or whatever, going to the restaurant, going to the ball game or whatever, you're going to see them. And, and uh, I'm not having it. They are degenerates. And most of them are narcissists. And a lot of them are pedophiles. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like if I – there's a couple of stores we go to that there are people – now they don't come right out and say, I'm a woman, damn it. But you can tell it's a guy who's transitioning or whatever. I don't care until you start to make that my issue, you know? Right. If you're, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to refer to you as a him and, and you're a dude who's trying to, trying to be a, pretending to be a woman and I'm going to refer to you for, refer to you as a him in some, some way, some benign way. Um, and you take that as an attack on your, on your life, then there's going to be a problem. Well, if I see someone, um, who, uh, has a square jaw and stringy hair and looks like a very ugly woman with moobs. And I, Dr. Rachel Levin. <laughs> and I know it's a guy and I, yeah, exactly. And I say, uh, I say, sir. And they go, it's ma'am. And I'll go, sure. And if they make it an issue beyond that, I'm just like, look, I'm not doing this with you. You know, you're not a woman. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't misgender you on purpose to make you angry. I called you that because you were born that way. But I'm seeing more and more of these freak shows. Oh, I'm yeah. seeing more and more of them. It's a, it's a social contagion is what it is. And uh, mental, mental, um, 
it's a it's a mental issue that might not be like um, an actual chemical imbalance in the brain. It might be something that's like through, um, like I said, social contagion through just um, brainwashing. Yeah, I mean, there there can be something to that. I do think it's funny that most of these, you know, if you look at the studies, they'll show you that most of these trans women turn out to have normally just been gay men. You see a lot yeah. of them who transition and say, I wish I hadn't done that. And that's... Some of the girls are a different issue, though, because they, they're just so confused about their yeah. their their whole status or their well, body. Well, it's, it's easy to confuse body people. Body dysmorphia. But we don't, we, don't, we don't sit there and go to anorexic girls, but like, yeah, you're, you're really fat. You know, stop eating. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, affirm their mental disorder because yeah. it's bad for them. Well, and they go, well, how is being pretending to be a woman or how is saying you're a woman when you're not, when you're a man, how is that bad? We've seen a lot of reasons why that's bad. Uh, drag queen story hour, uh, all these sports, the girls sports uh, that's getting disrupted, the, the prison rape by men pretending to be women. So don't tell me there's no fucking social consequence to this shit. Yeah. There is, and when there's more and more, and then don't and and people laugh, but we, they've laughed the slippery slope argument. They laughed and laughed and laughed, but it's it's true. And there's going to be the um, the trans age people are going to get they're going to get come into prominence. It's going to happen, and they're going to say, "Well, I'm 52 years old, but I feel like I'm 13." So that's why I fucked that 12 year old girl. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that's that. That's going to fucking happen. Well, it's funny to see what the left says when somebody, when one of those people goes, you know, I'm white, but I feel like I was born black. And then they suddenly go, no, no, yeah. no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to appropriate my race. It's like, well, I'm not appropriating it. I feel like I was born that way. And and I get you know? there are legitimate mental uh, issues with people, with men. It's been throughout the ages that men that want to dress up like women, a lot of them have had to do it in private, you know, but half, more than half is probably just some sort of sexual fetish. And then the other ones are just have a, a dysmorphic problem that has to be treated psychologically. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's like somebody who thinks they're Napoleon gets treated for, they don't, people don't just sit there and, you know, treat them like a general. If you're, if your arm doesn't belong on your body, they don't go, okay, well, let's cut it off. Yeah. You, you treat the disorder. Yeah. You don't, you don't glorify the disorder. You treat it because that's what it is. It's a disorder. It's not, it's against the natural order of things. But I think – and did you see this uh, conversation that Josh Hawley had with uh, um, the UC Berkeley professor? I can't even remember what it was for. Yeah, she uh, – she uh, oh, the, all the lefties are like, oh, she really wiped the floor with him. She schooled him. She told him that he's a transphobe and he's his, his words are violence. So he said, so do you think a man can get pregnant? And she's like, well, you know uh, – uh, I want to. I want to mention that this. I want to call out that this line of questioning is is uh, transphobic and blah blah blah. And she, no, she did. She said, "Oh yeah, there are cisgendered yeah. men who uh, can't get pregnant, but there are cisgendered women who can't get pregnant." Yeah. Is this a women's issue? Yeah. And she's like, um, "It can be a woman's issue, and it can be a trans issue. It can be both things at once." And that was one of those things where people say, "Man, she really gave it to him." And I think his strategy was, "No, go ahead and talk. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and say your stuff." Mm -hmm. You know. To the in the court of yeah. public opinion, you will say your thing, I'll say my thing, and let's just see what people think. And I believe, and I've said this for a long time now, I think that you're starting to see way more resistance among common sense people who are going, now that's just that's not gonna happen. In the meantime, you've got confused children, confused kids that it's destroying them. It's destroying their family, it's destroying their relationship with their with their peers and their and their parents. 
In the meantime, there's a lot of societal damage happening because of the uh, the um, allowing this narrative to go up that that LGBTQIA plus is something to celebrate. It is not. It is. I, it is a. It is something to pity if you legitimately have an issue with your with your um, body image. If you're gay, you don't have to pity gay. You just find another gay person and live your gay life. Yeah. But, like that shirt you're wearing. <laughs> if you described it, people would be like, no, that's not gay. That's uh, that's super hetero. Yeah, that's what they'd say. They'd be like, it is super hetero. You look like you should have like a flamingo head on dancing at the front of a parade. I'm like a, uh, what do you call it, boogaloo boy. <laughs> yeah. Look. Um, well, I again think this is going to sound harsh, but when it comes to these sort of things societally – I don't know if you can tackle the whole societal issue. I think you just have to take care of what's around you. You're you know? right. I mean, ultimately you have to, you're right about that. You have to, yeah. You have to impact the local. things that are around you. Yeah, because they say politics is local, you know, all of that stuff is But don't is you local. think as a society we have to kind of nip this shit in the bud? Well, and I think we do that by saying, you know, taking your kids aside and saying, look, you know, there's gay people. It happens. There's this. But when someone tells you that you have to say that they're a woman when they were born a man, you don't have to go along with that. You know, treat people with respect. You're not going out of your way to tease and mock people like that. They have an issue, you know. But, you know, you you have to teach your kids what's moral and what's right. Yeah. You know, and you have to make sure they're hanging out with people who sort of believe the same stuff. But I still think you're, you're teaching your kids that, and that's great, but they're still getting influenced by their peers and by not only their peers, but superior people that have authority positions over them when they go to school. And you've got... Um, uh, the drag queen story hour shit happening, and you've got him twerking in front of children. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with all of that. Where, where, where you have to say no. Enough is enough. Not, even if it's not my child, and my child understands. Who knows? You, you, my child might not understand. You you're might, a, he might be influenced. You're a hundred percent right on all of those things. But I have every confidence. I'm talking about just my parenting. I have every confidence because I'm involved in my kids' lives. I talk to them about, you know. What's going on with them? We have discussions about these things. I am raising my children. I'm not parenting them. I'm raising them, you know? So I'm trying to teach them what's good and right. No, it's just the other day. My kid said, Dad, can I walk to the store with my friends? And my wife was a little uneasy about it. I'm like, it's six blocks from where we live. He's there with three of his buddies. He'll be fine. But I took him aside and I said, look, in situations like this, sometimes one of your friends will think it's funny to steal stuff. I said, I don't want you having any part of that. And I said, if your friend is stealing something, saying, put it back or I can't be a part of this. And I said, if your friend walks out and has something, because it happened to me as a kid, you walk out and they have a, they have a glove full of like, you know, five packets of gum or something like that. And they go, oh, I got the five finger discount kind of thing. Just go, just tell them right then and there. We're not having this. Okay. I'm not going to march you back in the store and say, have it. But I've told my kids, I said, I will be the dad. Who will put a sandwich board on you in front of that store and make you stand there for an hour saying, I'm here because I stole stuff and my dad found out about it. Yeah. And my kids go, yeah, I know you would. you know. And so I say, it sucks to have to be strong in that moment with your weak friends. you know. But you know, do not let that happen. And so when you start them on things like that in an early age, when you, when you, under, when you get them to understand consequences, I'm not telling them to scare them. I'm telling them, look, you're better than that. You know, you can't do that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's important for parents to do that. And I think more parents need to do that. And right. I think if parents did that, we could fix a lot of these problems without attacking the societal issues. In the meantime, I society's know. crumbling because parents aren't as engaged. And you've got 
it wouldn't be it'd be one thing if it was just you know look at the freak show around us but it but it's dangerous i know but i also think and again we've talked about this before the school board stuff is the sort of canary in the coal mine for me. i've got a story i want to bring up after this about that well let's do it quick because we're going to be up on time but okay. it's i think it takes people standing up to say this is my line in the sand i'm not moving and you maybe again i don't want to i don't want to make this a grander issue than it is but it's like that last scene of uh you know uh the last avengers movie you know, Captain America standing there by himself, going, "Okay, I'm dead. I'm a dead man," but he says, "I'm I'm going to have this fight because I got to have this fight." Yeah, I think that's when you see people show up and say, "All right, I'm with you on this." Yeah, and you're right. I think we are. We need to have this. We need to have hard times, and there will be strong men and women. Just that show come me out of that. anything that is worth earning that didn't come out of struggle. Yeah, anything. Yeah, you know. But I want to get to this real quick. Go ahead. Uh, Florida school board bars dad from reading porno- pornographic book uh, allegedly available to kids. Did you hear about this? There have been a lot of stories this like this. This is the latest one. But it, this is one of those where I was in my car and I was listening to the story. And I heard the school board president or member um, um, shut off his mic and, and, um, and condescend to him. And I veins bulging, screaming. If somebody drove by me, that probably would think I'm having some sort of episode. But I was like, I was yelling until I was hoarse because I was so fucking mad. I was like putting myself in the spot of that parent uh, trying to tell the school board what's going on and then being shut down and being uh, talked down to as if they're going to educate him. Because that's what the guy said. Uh, If you you shut your mouth, maybe you'll learn something. That's what the school board member said to this parent. And I was like, I was, they shut off his mic. I'm like, try shutting off the mic to me. I'm not going to yell like I yelled in my car here because we'll probably destroy the equipment. But I'd be like, try shutting my mic off. You'll hear me. You'll hear me regardless of the mic being on or off. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you shut your mouth. You sit there and you listen. Because the purpose of this meeting is for you to listen to us. Not for you to, to talk to me about what you think should be, what, what I should know. It's what you need to understand. And, you're, and it'd be so hard not to swear. Well, there was a, there was a British guy. I can't remember. British born guy, but he lives in the U.S. now. And he was on some school board somewhere at some point. I remember this. County commission or something that like that. But he basically comes to read his thing. Yeah, and they tried to intimidate him. They tried to intimidate him. And he told the attorney there, because it was the attorney that was always shutting everything down. He said, you will shut up right now. Mm -hmm. He says, because based on, he gave him the court case. He says, I have the right to say this in this public forum. This is my time. I'm using it. So it's from the Daily Caller, the Christy Clark. uh, Florida School Board muted the microphone of a concerned parent attempting to read a quote-unquote pornography book allegedly available to students in the district's library according to video footage of a school board meeting the clay county school board barred an unnamed parent from sampling three books allegedly available to students in high school libraries during a school board meeting the parent claimed that a district employee was paid to review and input pornographic books into the school libraries one book he attempted to read was lucky by alice siebold the book discusses the brutal rape and beating of Seabold as an 18-year-old college fres- freshman, according to the book description on Amazon. The book is available at Fleming Island High School and Orange Park High School, according to the district's media resources. If there are children watching, cover their ears, the parents said. The school board immediately cut his microphone and told him to hush his mouth. Turn off his microphone, please. I told you I'm stopping you, the school board, school board attorney said. The reason I'm stopping you is because these meetings are, if you'll hush your mouth for a minute and listen instead of just talking, you may learn something. The parent requested his time back. The school official said the parent will get his time back to discuss something other than pornography. You'll get it back, but you'll get it back to talk about something besides reading pornography at a public uh, television. Uh, this, the 
the uh, um, official said, but I mean, I could play a little bit of this if you want, but I just basically said no. what happened. And he, he was telling him, well, the reason you can't say anything pornographic, because this is shown on online and there may be children watching and the guys, you can hear him in the background, but he couldn't understand what the parent was saying because they had his mic cut. But I'm sure he was saying, yeah, that's my point. That's mm-hmm. the point. Exactly the point is I'm trying to show you that this is in the schools for children and, and it shouldn't be. It's not appropriate material. And I'm trying to tell you that. But so this guy's like, let me tell you, you might learn something about how the reason we can't do this. No, shut your mouth and listen to what I'm saying. You'll learn something. And uh, I was just the, the fact that they shut his mic off and then condescended to him like that. It, I wouldn't have it. And I wouldn't be able to like, I probably wouldn't be able to do it without swearing. Which See, sucks. I'd just, I'd say something to him like, I will shut my mouth and attempt to learn something when you learn the definitions of hypocrisy and integrity. Yeah. yeah. And what is the purpose of these meetings? Yeah. Tell me that. What is the purpose of this? Well, and the ones that have bugged me, at least, you know, if you're going to try, it's a very weak argument. If you're going to try to make a case for having these books, they'll say they're in the library. A kid has to actively go and check them out. There's room for a librarian, although it's never going to happen, to say, no, you can't have this. It's too mature, whatever. The ones that bug me more than anything is when they recite stuff that they're reading in class. They're like, this is my kid's book. And they're like, "Work, cut your mic. You can't say that in here. Do you understand? You, you gave this book to my kid in class as part of a yeah. reading assignment. My kid's 14 and they're reading this stuff. And also, don't tell me that, that, that they're not going to push these books on the students too in the library. They have the LGBTQIA, uh, whatever month that it is, gay month, what, gay pride month. Mm-hmm. You don't think they're going to push, highlight these books and push these to, this, to the students? They, they absolutely have and will. Yeah. So it's – and then people go, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, they, they, they're going to – you know, they, they're going to see gay people. They're going to see – stuff they're not going to be insulated from it so why not just uh um, teach them that it's just something people do and not to be uh, upset about it cool let's take all the rules off then you know everything yeah kids should be allowed to drink they should be allowed to do drugs they should be allowed to do all that stuff and these parents will go whoa wait and i've said this before but as a straight teacher you know you want to be proud of your heterosexuality so um during the other um, 11 months there you should be able to, to tell your students that you loved a motorboat and explain specifically what that means and how to do it safely, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, with your partner. Yeah. You know, like, like that's the kind of stuff they laugh at it as, it's, as if it's absurd, but it's not because you're seeing they want affirmation of their sexual p- proclivities and they want to normalize it to make themselves feel better. And they want children to see it either a to, you know, indoctrinate them into thinking hey, everything's fine. This is all, all hunky dory or to make them desensitized to it so they can prey on them. Well, the part that bugs me is they'll, if you say to them, hey, look, I don't like you brainwashing my kid with this stuff. They go, it's not brainwashing. Oh, but you wanted the, the high school football coach to stop kneeling on yeah. the field because you said he held an, a position of authority over those kids. So, therefore, was unduly influencing them. Yeah. You're not doing the same thing in your class. Just admit that it simply comes down to you think one thing's acceptable and you think another's not. Don't try and make an argument as to why it's acceptable. Don't try and say, yeah. well, that's undue influence of something I don't want my kid to see, but this is normal. You yeah. Don't do that because you don't have an argument. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just like you come circle back around to like biting your tongue. There are still instances where it's a good idea not to start shit. But we're getting to a point where society, you're looking and seeing the consequences of allowing stuff to kind of spiral out of control, either crime-wise or this degeneracy. And Mm -hmm. we have to do something about it. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, getting involved locally and electing the right people is a good start. Well, and understand that sometimes if you go to a school board meeting and you stick your head up in a meeting when in a town you live in, there are people who will come for you. There are people on the other side who will come for you. That will last for a short period of time. It will be intense. It will last two weeks. And never then apologize. It will, and then it will be over. And never, ever apologize. Like Macy Gray, yeah. the singer. I mean, I've liked her music in the past. I thought what she said originally about you know trans people was reasonable. And then she just, her within a day, had this just sycophantic apology, you know? Yeah. She should have just said. She got gotten to. Yeah, she should have just said, you know, look, I. The gay mafia got to her. Yeah, I say what I say, <laughs> you know? And if it, if it offended people that I care about, I didn't intend to offend you. So that's all the apology you need. You know, I wasn't trying to offend you. If something I did say that I really meant offended you, I can't help you with that. You know, I didn't say some. I didn't go up to a family with a Down syndrome kid and say, oh, how's that little retarded motherfucker? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't say I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, um, and if I if I used the word retarded around them and they say, my son, I'm like, I wasn't even talking to you. And that's a real word. And it can be used for things outside of that, mm-hmm. you know, and if that bothered you, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not apologizing for using the word. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I think, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, you just, you got to go out and you have to state your opinion. If you don't do that, you're just going to keep getting pigeonholed here. And so you have to understand that when you apologize, when they come for you and you apologize, it gets worse. If they come for you and you stand your ground, it doesn't. And you're allowing their message to, to get out there and yours to be silenced. So don't do that. Yeah. Um, it's complicit yeah. at that point. And there's so much we want to talk to, and we're not going to be able to talk to this week. And maybe, I mean, sure, next next uh, There'll uh, be episode, new shit next week. I want to talk about Hunter Biden, but it's it's an ongoing thing. We're not going to have any There'll be more stuff to talk about with Hunter Biden. So we'll talk about his, his dip, talk about depravity. Oh, my God. Um, and then we'll, you know, we want, I want to talk again about the, there's just more stuff coming about the Evaldi school shooting. Um, I'm sure there'll be more out next week about that. And uh, Joe Biden will read more stuff on the uh, on the teleprompter he's not supposed to. And Kamala Harris will again like uh, say a string of words that are just repeating the same phrase over and over again, <laughs> in just a slightly different way. She'll She's do that. wordsing her words, words. Yeah, that's pretty much what she does. Yeah. Words, so words, words. <laughs> so, in the meantime, we'll tr- we're going to try to get back on a regular schedule again here. Yes. So uh, look forward to, and I know you will look forward to hearing from us. Uh, uh, next week and if you want to get in contact with us facebook's the best way best. and we were going to do twitter but fuck twitter still again yeah no who knows until, uh, yet until, another until, topic until to talk about again maybe yeah we'll see i still think evil uh evil elon musk is a uh good evil genius there we go so see you bye